0: Thanks for tuning in today to LocalJobNetwork.com Radio, where you can find all of your favorite employment-related shows. I'm your host, Katie Chesney, and on Employment Notebook, we provide advice and insight into different strategies for succeeding in the workplace. And today we are going to debunk some telecommuting stereotypes, and joining us to do so is Jolie Miller. She is the Director of Business and Education Content at Lynda.com. So Jolie, can you share what your experience with telecommuting has been? Sure. Thank you for having me. I started
1: telecommuting about eight years ago when I was pretty new to the workforce. And my telecommuting began with just one day a week. It was Wednesdays after I'd been at a job for about six months. And because it was just that one day a week, it was kind of like this coveted prize that I was able to do some work at home. And I found that It opened up a lot of new interesting challenges, and it also gave me the opportunity to really up my productivity on that one day. And I really started looking forward to that Wednesday because it was a day that I was able to really master my own schedule with fewer interruptions, and it's grown from there. And I've been working at home on and off most of the time for the last eight years, and it's something that I really enjoy.
0: Awesome. I'm glad that you're able to find so much enjoyment in it and that you... You really, um, when you work from home, you have more productivity when there's not as many interruptions. Now, when you were first starting this, were you able to adapt quickly to the change of scenery, or did you have to do certain things to kind of really make it work for you?
1: You know, at the time when I began, I was living in probably an 800-square-foot apartment, and Mm -hmm. I had no extra bedroom or space for an office. So I made a makeshift work desk that I would work from in my bedroom, and it was kind of challenging. It, it yeah. really opened my eyes to the importance of separating the space and separating the time that you're working and having your personal life. And, you know, of course, I could have gone out to the dining room table and, mm-hmm. and different people make different arrangements that work well for them. But over the years, I've really found that finding a dedicated office space with a door, ideally, in my house is really key. And it allows me to go in, do my work, then come out, my computer shut off, I can close the door, and I can really feel like I have that work-life separation that's so important to recharge and make this a scalable endeavor.
0: Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that you have a dedicated space with a door, and I imagine that door is really important in making sure that your personal life doesn't interfere with your work life and vice versa. So can you tell us a little bit about how you make that work?
1: Absolutely. So. The thing I've found since I've been telecommuting is that my productivity has gone way up. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, it's become harder to really keep work at work for me. It's very easy for me to work more than I should, you know, in a mm-hmm. typical work week. It's just easy to turn on that laptop and, and start on a project that I need to complete. So what I found is really helpful is at the same time that you're making that investment in telecommuting in your home office, You also want to really take stock of what you're doing for yourself personally, whether that's exercise, time with family and friends, it's social obligations, volunteering. It's really helpful to set some clear priorities on Mm -hmm. both sides of your life so that you know, for example, yes, I'm targeting well against all these projects I need to complete, but at the same time, I'm also hitting these personal milestones. So I'm always kind of trying to think about both of those things and, quite frankly, it's a hard balance. You know, it's, it's really easy to go one direction or the other, but it's, it's key, I think, to keep in mind that it's a constant balance you have to work toward.
0: Now, I hear a lot of chatter about telecommuting from both the employee and employer perspective, and there seems to be a lot of stereotypes surrounding the whole idea. Everything from believing that productivity is lower or that it's higher at home, you know, due to employees doing other things like laundry or you know wearing pajamas and vegging out in front of the TV. So what are your thoughts on these stereotypes, you know, because you've had a lot of experience in working from home and you've obviously been very successful in it. So how do those things kind of make you feel and what are your thoughts about them?
1: So I always bristle a little bit honestly at the stereotype that people who work from home are slacking off a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the thing that I think it's an easy thing to say, and it's an easy thing to say because people who are in an office and people who are working at home don't see each other, and they mm-hmm. often don't have quite that same level of relationship that coworkers who see each other every day might have. So the stereotypes always, I think, are ones that we need to keep in mind as just that, they are stereotypes. And I think the more helpful piece of that is to really think about who do you know who's doing it well? Who's having success with it? What's making them successful at it? Or what are their challenges? And thinking about how can you apply those successes or failures and use that to potentially drive your own arrangement that is successful? You know, certainly I know people, as I'm sure we all do, who may be taking advantage mm-hmm. of working from home. And I also know people who have trouble shutting work off. They're doing, you know, 50, 60 hours a week at home. So I think the key is just keeping in mind that there's always going to be that scale of different options and really thinking about what makes it successful for you.
0: Mm-hmm. And I really like your idea of looking at what others are doing who are doing this successfully and trying to emulate what they're doing to hope, in hopes that you will have the same success as well. Now, what kind of qualities do really great telecommuters possess and you know, what do they look like?
1: So the best arrangements that I have seen are where people are very motivated to do what they're doing. They're self-starters. That motivation and that passion is really an intrinsic thing for Mm -hmm. them. And they get up every day excited to go and contribute to what their company is doing in the world. I think that's a really key part of it. And then there are also some tactical command skills that I think everyone needs really make this work. Mm-hmm. And up there in that list, you've got time management, you've got project management. You also have to really, I think, be able to juggle a number of different projects successfully and keep them all moving on the right track when there's not one person at your door waiting for that deliverable from you at three o'clock because it would do. You know, mm-hmm. you really have to be able to regulate how you manage your time And I think when you combine that with a solid work ethic and someone who's figured out what kind of physical arrangements in the office you need to be successful, you've got a really great shot at setting up a home office that is just as productive, if not more so, than an office you'd have at work.
0: Now, if you've determined that you have all these things that you've talked about and that you could really make this work, how do you go about approaching an employer about maybe setting up this arrangement, do you think they'd be open to doing like a a short trial to see if it works out?
1: Absolutely. So the first thing I would say is if you have a laptop in your current position and you're able to take it home through your policies at work, try taking it home and doing a little bit of work in the morning before you go in or at night after you finish dinner, let's say, and see how it feels to actually physically have that presence of work in your house with you. Mm-hmm. And then, if that's feeling good, if it's feeling like it would be a comfortable shift for you, then I think it's a good time to start really talking to friends, coworkers who are in this situation, figuring out what you would need to be successful. And then going to your employer with that information, start to think about what types of tasks am I doing every week that would be well suited to homework. You know, for example, maybe there's one day a week that you're on the phone all day. So it's easier to be in a home office where it's quiet than out on a floor in cubes where Mm -hmm. there's a lot of distractions. And really think about making that case for why working at home is both a benefit to the business and a benefit to you.
0: I like that. So you, you really have to present it as a benefit to the business and how they are going to benefit from it and how you will as well. Now, I read an article you wrote about telecommuting, and in it you stated that when you telecommute, you narrow the lens that you are seeing through at work. So could you explain that concept?
1: So when I'm in an office with you, let's say, we're seeing each other every day. We're passing in the hallways. We might go to lunch. We might go grab a drink after work. We have this opportunity to exchange with each other in a variety of ways. meetings, you might see me presenting, you're seeing me meeting Mm -hmm. deadlines. When I'm at home, on the other hand, you're just seeing this very limited facet of me and my professional life. So I'm not there in front of the room presenting. You don't see me in the hallways. We don't have that social hour. And I think that's really what my article was driving home with a lot of folks is that you become just a slice of yourself uh, when you work at home, unless you work to really combat that and really show people all of these different aspects of your professional persona. So for me, that's about making the time to reach out and build these deep and rich relationships with folks, even outside of the context of a meeting or an email, to make sure that we know each other on that level. We know about our families, about our obligations outside of work, and we have that connection point, which allows us to really see each other as full people.
0: Now, what can you do as a telecommuter to really ensure that you're presenting yourself as a dynamic, multifaceted coworker? You know it is having those conversations, but is it okay to have them through you know, instant message or should you give them a call? Should
1: you do a video call? I think all of those can be good opportunities, mm-hmm. and it really probably depends on your comfort level and also to some extent, on your company's policies. you know, but for example, What I'm looking at when I'm thinking about these things is how can I make that same connection that I might make if I stop by your desk to say, good morning, how was your weekend? But do it through that communication channel that works for us when I'm maybe 3,000 miles away from you. Mm -hmm. So that could be a quick email, it could be an IM, it could be that you have a standing phone call bi-weekly for 10 minutes, you know, and you take a break. I think all of those things can be really helpful And video conferencing, too, is a great opportunity. I see so often that folks who are on a video conference, they're calling in from a remote location. It's easier to kind of get that conversation going with the folks in the room. So it's a really good opportunity during video conferencing to make sure that you're being seen and heard. You're contributing to those conversations, giving your insights and those anecdotes that you have so that you're not this person who's kind of out in no man's land you're really being a part of everything that's happening.
0: Mm-hmm. I want to switch gears a little bit and um, actually reference that article again. It was titled, um, Why It's Okay to Do Laundry When You Work at Home. And this is a concept that I'd like to explore a little bit. Why do you think that this is okay? And are there any caveats to that? And what do you do if like, your employer finds out? Is this a bad thing? Great question.
1: I work in a results-oriented work environment team Mm -hmm. where we're really focused on is the output there at the end of the day, at the end of the week, at the end of the quarter, and so on. Mm -hmm. And in that kind of environment, which a lot of companies are adopting with great success, there's time in there for you to build the relationships, for you to take some breaks. And there's also time for you to give more back to the company. You might need to do a late call or an early morning call or a little bit of weekend travel, things like that. Mm -hmm. So it's less about the nine to five, and it's more about the work output. I'm personally a big fan of that because I think that we're starting to see this shift right now in corporate culture where people come to work as their whole selves. They're not just coming in as an eight. To five, kind of a worker. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to think about how we can make allowances for people to work in other pieces of their lives and make it fit with what's going on with the work life.
0: I think that's, um, it's a good look at where, like you said, corporate culture is heading and what we can anticipate in the future. Now, how do you identify if that's something that is going to be accepted at your place of work? You know, maybe your employer is kind of heading down that path, but they're not quite
1: there yet. So that's a great conversation to start having with your manager, really talking about how does this kind of a shift that we're seeing happening really align with our company values and our company culture? What does our company think about this? What do we Mm -hmm. want to do about it? Is there room for some exploration here? And that's a great way to get a conversation started. And I think it's a great conversation for folks to be starting because there's certainly a lot of benefits that we've identified about working from home. And it's important that we start to think about this isn't just a perk for people, but Mm -hmm. it's really a new kind of a modern office arrangement that we need to think about integrating.
0: I like that. That's a different, um, it's a different take than what you normally see, that it's a, it's a modern office and it's, it's, in, it's the future, really. But unfortunately, we are up against the clock today, and I just wanted to wrap us up by giving you the floor to share any final pieces of advice or any stereotypes that you'd like to debunk before we wrap up today.
1: So I think the final advice piece that I would share is that one of the things I found the most helpful in my home office to really set myself up for success is having two separate desks in the same office space. So Mm -hmm. I have one desk where I do kind of my tactical work with my computer, my notepad. And then on the other desk, that's where I'm reading reports, I'm doing the more strategic, big sink pieces of my job. And it's really given me that space physically to explore both of those types of work that I need to do throughout the day. Mm -hmm. And it actually allows me to focus really nicely. So it's It's really been a great arrangement I would encourage other people to take a look at. And then to wrap up, I would say balance is always going to be key in this arrangement, making sure that you're putting in and getting out what is fair to you, it's fair to your employer, and hopefully having some fun while you're doing it.
0: And with that final piece of advice, we will wrap up today's show. So I just want to thank Jolie for joining us and sharing her expert advice. Thank you. Now, to find more employment-related shows, head over to ljnradio.com. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions for future shows, please send me an email at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. And once again, I'm your host, Katie Chesney, with LJN Radio, and I wish you the best of luck with your career.